So I was singing to myself. I was I was ready to say was good, was good, but I'm like, I need different openings for different shows. So I thought you had different openings for different shows. You said what? I thought you did. I thought I did too. And then I was recording AM yesterday and realized I was I just didn't. I say good morning for Hard Foul. I say was good for real big three. Um AM really don't have an intro. Um Matt and I usually just, I usually start recording, just kind of start talking about stuff and just kind of let that like flow into the conversation. So I got to mm-hmm. figure out my goal for this is by this time next week to have an intro for 90 feet. So yeah, that's y'all intro. Uh, appreciate y'all for tuning in. It's another episode of 90 feet. Uh, we got Tony from the real big three in boxing. Tony, Will, how you doing? What's up, man? And then I am your host, Justin. So, Let's let's start here, and we can be kind of quick with these. I think we're probably in line in our thinking of this, right? So, mm-hmm. unfortunately, probably the two biggest headlines to come out of the first week of baseball is the whites were at it again, right? So, <laughs> you gotta yeah. start. You got you gotta start with the All Star game. So, the All Star game was supposed to be in Atlanta, and for some reason, without getting too political. Um, Voting representation is a bipartisan issue for whatever reason, and Atlanta was suppressing stuff, which is we- or Georgia was suppressing Georgia. stuff. Yeah, yeah, which is weird because like even to that statement, like whenever I think of Georgia, I just go straight to Atlanta, just how my brain's wired. And so it's weird to hear that coming out of Georgia or Atlanta, but cool, they are not cool. They were doing um, some voter suppression stuff, and Major League Baseball said, "Nah, we're not rocking with that." We're taking the All-Star game. Now the All-Star game is going to be in Colorado. Um, good move, bad move. What do you think? That was a great move, considering this is not this is not a league that you would that you would think would be on the right side of like, social issues. Um, no disrespect to the you know the history of baseball, but not they, some they just they just haven't set the precedent that like this is something that we're going to be against. Not to say that baseball has the precedence of like we don't give a shit about black people but or people of color or black people people of color minorities let me say that minorities but they have you know they've never been the this is wrong and and we stand on this side of justice people outside of when everyone you know was forced into taking a stance last summer during the riots and stuff like that um so this was a great move by by the MLB. Um, I tweeted it. If anybody listens to this and they follow us on Twitter, like I tweeted out that this was just a, a, a great job by the MLB to, to be very proactive and not allowing your brand to bring profit um, to this place during a, a big time for you, especially with more vaccines given out and people starting to travel more. You would figure that, that that baseball, if anybody is going to have an open All Star weekend, it'll be baseball. So nah, this this was a this was a really good move by them. It was cool because it was basically them saying like, "Yo, Red Sox fan, we let y'all wild out for about a hundred years. We got we got to stop that shit." <laughs> <laughs> like y'all been doing some wild shit for a long time, and we have looked the other way for this whole time. But but we got to stop. We got to change. So shout out to Rob Manfred. Um, for the if anybody listened to uh when we started last year at this time uh there was critics of rob manford the way that he was handling COVID, the way baseball is handling kind of COVID as a general i gotta say probably since that first month of last season like he's been on a real good trajectory as an owner um he not adam silver yet but he is making his way in a very positive direction commissioner yeah what i call him owner Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. As, as a commissioner, he's been going, like, a much positive direction. Um, and then the other one, what – see, it looked wild to me, which is, like, to show how – It co- looks it looks wild, but <laughs> when you think about where it is, it's not it's, really that wild. It's not that wild, but it's also, <laughs> like, the way that when, – when events happen in life, it shapes your perspective and how you look, right? If you had told me – three years ago or hell two years ago i would look at a baseball stadium full of fans and think yo what the fuck is wrong with y'all i'd be like what the what? i i would have serious questions like what the fuck are you telling me like is just niggas at a baseball game like what the fuck's wrong with that 
Yo, the pictures from Texas look nuts. Like, it just looks nuts. And I'm not even, like, we, we've discussed before, like, I'm not 100%, like, quarantine, staying inside the house. Like, I'm not going to super huge events, but, like, I'm outside a little bit, right? So far be it for me to tell someone, nah, you just got to stay in your house, only watch MLB TV, blah, blah, blah. But, fam, I'm not going to no fucking baseball game with how many fucking people fit in Arlington? People. 40 plus 40,000 plus for sure. Yeah, I'm like, fam, what the fuck? This y'all the same niggas that boo Josh Hamilton. It makes sense now. It, it's the Man, Josh Hamilton is a piece of shit, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like at the time he got booed, we were not completely privy to him being a piece of shit. So it was like wild. Then like at that time he was on like the redeeming factor. He was like ex drug addict. We was like, yeah, we rooting for him. That's very true. Um, you know what you learn about people after the fact, Tan hey, Man. Um, but yeah, Texas, it's got to look nuts. Especially, I've never understood. And California um, has this problem. I think all the California teams are going to have this problem or this concern, right? So restrictions, obviously, in California, even though they're lightening up a little bit because we just moved down a tier because we've had less cases, um, their rules have had to be more strict than other states. So, like, if you watch – like, even in the NBA, if you watch a Hawks game, the Hawks are allowed to have more people in attendance than um, the Clippers, the Lakers, for example. So – but how do you let one team – and what uh, the Marlins, I think, could technically do it too. Uh, so could the Rays, but we already know their attendance. If, how do you let one team go crazy with 40,000 plus fans and then like you pull up to the Dodgers or the Giants and it's like, nah, nigga, it's like 100 people or less. Like, if I'm even a player, like, I got to, like, would you not have concerns about that? If this one team has all this interaction and, Wherever I'm at, or the way that I players have to move, players I'm, don't give a shit about that. Man. <laughs> players don't give a shit about that. <sighs> We've I'm, seen that in every sport too. Not even just baseball. That's that's not even just a baseball thing. Like NFL, NBA, like they want people in the stands, and they'll try to lean on the side of like, oh, we want to be as safe as possible. But like, number, look at it from these two aspects. Motherfuckers kill. They they kill for the for the cheers. They kill for the booze. If you a psychopath player like Kobe was. Like they they live for that they live for that and it long live the goat they live for that energy, so they understand the risk of you know COVID and shit like that. But they live for that energy. And on the other side of it, they know the more people that's filling these seats, the more money we making. So you know, yeah, people health at risk, yes, but you know, capitalism. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, we're not going to spend a whole bunch of time here because we're we're pretty much in agreement as far as, like, they look nuts. It looks wild, but it, it's no longer – wild is no longer surprising. Wild is just like, mm-hmm. damn, that's just wild. Like, what's, a bigger word? what's a better word than that? Like, to, to really get the understanding of, like, how crazy – excuse me for that term, but, like, these times are, right? It's a cold game, but it's fair. Like that is, you, you, that you is very not nah, and it and it's <laughs> fucked up because it works on like both sides where it's like there, there's like instances where like it's a cold game but it's fair could be kind of dope like um for example <laughs> uh the the um the UCLA Gonzaga game right like bro comes down hits a shot and it's like oh shit and then Gonzaga comes right back down and hits their shot and it's like that was a dope game like no one should feel bad about that game but that's just like yo. It's a cold game, but it's fair. And you would have shot. It happen to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> and, anybody. and then there's times like this where, like, yeah, you don't want to necessarily come off, like, as the dickhead, but if shit starts popping off, like, with your cases in Texas or Miami or these places that are being a lot more lenient with it and, like, shit goes up, like, bro, we, like, we know what it is now. And we've mm. been knowing what it is. So it's like, if you're going to engage in this kind of behavior, like, while you never want to hope someone gets sick or someone gets hurt or whatever the case may be, like fam, if you were in certain areas and doing certain things, like you can only avoid it or evade it for so long, like shit's going to happen. So, you know, it's, it's a cold game, but it's a fair one. That's just, that's just how it goes. Um, the let's go, let, let's go over to here first. Right. So 
I was reading uh, an article and it was uh, five teams that already have legit concerns. And I kind of like early season storylines because they're funny to me, especially in a sport like baseball where it's like, nigga, they still all have to play 155 plus more games. They start playing when it's hot outside. They end when it's cold outside. Yeah. So, but this is, this is, I always think it's funny just because some shit is like stuff that we already do know. Right. So like you came on here last week um, on this article, the the fifth team they talked about was the Red Sox. And it's what can you Mm -hmm. really expect from the rotation? And I'm like, all right, well, that's legit because, you know, even going to the season as a fan, like whether it's week one, three, 52, whatever, like this is a real problem or real issue that they might have. So four games into the season, how you feel about your Red Sox rotation? <laughs> literally, I have nothing's changed, literally. Like the one thing I will say is after watching uh, watching them play Raiders yesterday, and they could very well lose tonight, but. The one thing I will say watching them play yesterday is that Alex Cora is going to make this work with what he has at his disposal. Um, he doesn't have the greatest pitching staff, but he, he does have talented offensive players, like I said last week. And, um, you know, I think that he's able to truly bring out the best in what a player lacks. And um, kind of saw that last night. Didn't really hear the Orioles series. I didn't catch much of the Orioles series. Um, was busy, but, you know, just from looking at highlights and things like that, he'll be able to uh, exhaust everything that these guys had. Then will that lead to them being in a wild card hunt, making playoffs, at least finishing with a winning record? I don't know. But he's not going to – it's not going to be a disaster season. Okay, okay. I, I feel that. Um, now, I've obviously only watched the one Red Sox game. Um, I was disappointed. I was told y'all pitching was ass. So I was, a little dis- I was a little disappointed in that. I was like, oh, shit, all right, cool. And it was like one, – one thing I will say about baseball, and this is even when, like – and I'm trying to get more into a – it's hard just because of the time of the day that games are on and just other life things going on. Like, even when I was watching baseball, like, hardcore, hardcore, it ain't shit for me to tap out of a baseball game in, like, the seventh inning. I'm not going to lie. So, like, if shit is – a regular season game. So, like, if shit is, especially super early on in the season, if it's, like, fucking 14 to 2 in the seventh, fam, I'm not watching the last three innings. So, I tapped out of the last game, I think, after the seventh. And um, so, like, if I miss a comeback, I miss a comeback, whatever. Like, I ain't, I'm not here for y'all being down this much. Uh, y'all got 161 more fucking games to play. Uh, but, so I don't have, uh, to, to end that, is I don't have much to add with the Red Sox. I was interested on this because this is one of your guys. Um, man, is – and I don't want to say it in a demeaning way, but we've seen guys fall off a cliff and fall off a cliff fast, right? Like that's not – not just in baseball, but just in any sport. Guys, mm-hmm. especially guys that come from like a great place, like they fall off fast. Is, is, is Christian Yelich falling off fast? Is he in a slump? I haven't, I haven't really like looked into that. Well, he was asked like he hit two hundred last year. Um, last he was, year he was, was he hurt though? He still got two hundred at bats in a shortened season. So, huh. like I go say he was all the way healthy because obviously he was coming off an injury anyway. Um, but he had twelve homers, twenty two RBIs last year, uh, two hundred average. Well, I can't really take much from last year though. I, and that's for any – like I said, not just baseball. Like, I can't take much from that mm-hmm. because it's so much around – the 2020 summer in sports will go down forever as this anomaly that you never thought you'd see and you probably will never see again, you know, God willing. is is so much that you got to take into that mentally, physically, you know, lack of lack of preparation, training, this and that. So I wouldn't say he's falling off. You look at his numbers this year, four games, uh, 17 appearances at the plate, 15 at bats. I think he'll get going. This is a, you know, this is a former MVP, a MVP runner up. I think he'll get back going. Um, it's just, it's just going to take him time though. It's definitely going to take him time to get going. Mm-hmm. Um, 
then I get to stories like this, and I think this, I think the third one's a joke. Um, is the Braves offense regressing? Like, I almost don't care who else is in that lineup. Like, you got Freeman, Ozuna, and Acuna. Like, you good? I, I don't care if they I, off to it. I would have. I would. I would say there's no. There's. I would say where there's smoke, there's no fire here. But they just lost to the Nationals, and now they are zero and four. So it might be something there to look at. But would you be concerned? So, like, I think there's teams that have. If if I'm a fan of the Braves and 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 they're zero and four right now, I have some concern. Now, am I like panicking? Like the season's done? Like no, of course not. It's fucking it's the second week of April, but you have to look at something as a fan because you can't just be like, oh, they are turning around. But you can't just be like, oh, the season the season's dead either. So you got to say, all right, what's as a fan, as a fan, you have to look at it and say, what, what are the, what are the boys doing wrong? And if, and if it's something that you know that you normally do that you're not doing, you know that's going to come around. But if it's something that you don't do, that's mm-hmm. happening now, that's a problem. So if you look at the, if you look at the, the Braves right now, you say, all right, we're not scoring runs, and we normally score runs. That may happen, like that could come around. But if, if you're scoring runs and you're still losing, that may be problematic. Yeah, I guess, I guess I've always I differed. To me, it feels like some lineups in baseball, like it's kind of good uh, one through nine, like that kind of deal. And then some lineups that just get, like they just got dudes. And to me, if I'm the Braves, there's not a whole lot of teams that I'm looking around and saying like, I, who really has a better top three hitters than us? And it's you get maybe two teams in, like you're talking like because the Braves big three, I could argue is like it's up there with the Yankees. Um, like any team in baseball you want to put essentially. So I'm not too worried if I'm them, um, especially considering like the other teams on this list. Uh, right, I the think, Braves haven't played a home game yet either. So yeah, like I'm like, do I think Freddie Freeman is just going to all of a sudden, and like I said, I just said people fall off a cliff, but what I predict, even if one of them fell off a cliff or one of them has a terrible 2021, there's still two other guys who one's the reigning MVP. One could be an MVP. One almost won a triple crown. Like, like you got some dudes like Braves. Y'all going to be good to me. Um, That is a tough division to pitch in though, but still Uh, number two. And this is the team that I really like doing into the season. Um, I will say I mostly like their offense. Um, (laughs) Adam Wainwright, I think it's hilarious because this nigga is, Adam Wainwright has turned into the white Bartolo Colon. Just we're not ready to have that conversation yet. It's a very wild thing that Adam <laughs> Wainwright is still pitching into Adam Wainwright won a World Series 10 years ago this year. And he was probably in like his seventh year when that happened. Mm-hmm. Adam Wainwright won a World Series 14, 15 years ago as a closer. Like Wainwright's been doing this for a minute. Like Bro is like bro is old. He's he's damn near forty. Um, but for the the number two one was the Cardinals. Is the rotation gonna hold up? Flaherty, who's coming off a struggling season. Wainwright, who's almost forty. Carlos Martinez is inconsistent as hell. Um, obviously they have the guys in the lineup: Goldschmidt, Arenado. You keep going down the list. Uh, but they feel like uh, kind of like a National League, slightly. Well, not slightly. Um. Some better players than the Red Sox currently have, but with that same issue of like who the hell is gonna like who's gonna actually get you a quality start on a consistent basis? Like who's gonna keep you in games? Like because you can't just outslug unless you're the fucking Astros. Um, you're just not gonna outslug guys the entirety of every like every game in and out of a season. Yeah, and to run into that situation is tough because you have. Even even if you have the talent in the arms, is like have they proven it or when will they prove it? So you run into that situation. So it is tough. But you look at those guys. Um, they made the playoffs last year, right? Yes. Yeah. So you would you would look at the you look at the cards and say we'll get it going. But you know, as as I say, you know, if if you ha- if you don't have if you don't have that for sure number one in the rotation. That makes things so much harder because then you're leaning on number twos to do number one things, and that's a slippery slope. No, absolutely. Um, 
And I'd obviously I watched the wrong team for this because the Rays don't believe in starting pitchers or number ones or closers or any, they, they just believe niggas. They got about 20 guys like, yo, can you throw a baseball? They're like, all right, we're going to figure this out. But if you are not in that system and philosophy, um, which really only works in that system, which is why uh, I have Blake Snell and I fuck with Blake. Uh, I have him get off to a slow start because it's the first time in over two years where he's going to be expected to go more than six innings on a consistent basis. And that should might fuck him up to start the season. I think he's good enough. He'll Is any work. pitcher expected to do that, though, outside of, like, Scherzer and shit? Over six innings? I still think that um, – I believe – T- take out like the top guys, right? So take out like Degrom, take out Kershaw, take out Scherzer, take out um, whoever's in like that top side on contention. I still think guys would like most managers would like a guy to go six innings, seven if they could. Um, I don't think Tampa does what it does, but I don't think the rest of the the world or the rest of the baseball world at least really wants to go there yet. That's why you still see guys like a Garrett Cole when he hits free agency is to be able to eat all those innings is still a commodity. Because like we said the last but, week, but he but we would put him in that top tier though. He, and, he and absolutely there's, is. There's way more guys that's not that than guys that are that. But like, like we and said shit, last if, week, if they don't hire Larusa, who's the oldest skipper in the league? Uh, fucking uh, who like? Take take like he's a huge outlier, but like most of these guys, early fifties, late forties, so like them they're more from that Joe Madden school of like we can penny pinch and like it'll work for us even if it doesn't. Yeah, I it's weird to me. Um, I relate, and and it's funny getting to actually watch the team like up close that like the league's following. Um, so I for like the NBA comparison, right? Like people were trying to do what the Warriors are doing, and not everybody could do that because it just comes down to at some point players like you don't got Steph, you don't got Clay, you can't do what they're doing. Tampa, on the other hand, like we said last week, they don't want to do half the shit that they're doing. They just don't have a choice. It's like it's weird when you see like the rich people are following the poor people's example. That is a wild, wild like concept. Yeah, and it's like that's what I think the teams that are going to be really successful at it, um, take away the scandal or not, the Astros essentially hit it at the park because they figured out, I right, we'll use this to get us to this standard. Now we can – well, the Astros should be able to start paying some guys. I get so confused when there's – like the idea they'll let in back-to-back years Springer and Correa walk – um, well, they offered Correa, but he doesn't want to. Like he rejected the deal. But that's but they 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 could offer Correa enough money he wouldn't want to reject. Because what was the deal? But you he, can't he, you can't really reject Hey, though, would you be overpaying for Correa? Like, what would be overpaying? Maybe like if you're looking at it from the standpoint, because you know we we are from the baseball standpoint of. You know, we we use them before we spend as much money as possible, no matter, you know, no salary capture like that. But we're seeing that teams aren't – teams are either we are not going to really do that or we're going to do that. Like, the Padres are like, we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. But if you aren't going to do that, you don't want to really be in the middle of, like, giving this guy a big one, giving this guy a regular one. So it's just like, eh, like, for Correa, is it overpaying? Like, kind of, yeah, if you look at the numbers and the games played. Um, okay, let's, I think that's interesting. So if I'm a team and I'm big on, um, paying like your guy, I think there's a lot that goes into that, whether your guy, as long as your guy is a above average all-star. So like a guy, like a 30 home run hitter, um, the top end pitcher, whatever, wherever he may be, like, I'm big on paying your guy. And if he's not the best guy at the position, um, but still paying him, right? Similar to a quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So if I'm the Astros, I got I got two guys that I got to make sure I want these two because what's his? Yeah, like, because um, I'm, I'm Googling right now before I, if I say something stupid, because does Alex Bregman have a new contract? 
Yeah, he got the five year hundred million. Uh, I'm say yeah, yeah. Okay, earned base salary of eleven carrying twelve. Okay, cool. So you signed Bregman, and to me, five years for hundred million for Alex Bregman, that's a good deal. Like you're getting value off that to only pay him twenty million a year. That's for a guy that was top three in MVP, for a guy that was one of your best players. Once again, forget the controversy. Even as a, because he was a rookie when they won the World Series, yeah. A rookie or just uh, just come up? It was close to that. It was close to that. Yeah. Like, if I'm them, like, these are the guys I'm signing, especially if I know, like, Verlander is one of the highest paid guys in the roster. He's not going to be pitching that many more years. So I got his con, and, and contracts falling off is regardless, once again, in a salary cap. But they offer Korea six for 120 and then a five for 125. That's good value to me for career. Like, just from a from a fan's perspective, at least looking at it from the organization, because I don't know how great all of those guys are if they're not in the same lineup with each other. So if I'm the Astros, I may look at these guys as complimentary players to each other. See, that's where I think it's now, and I'm not saying that Correa. I don't think he's actually that far off, but I won't say he's as good as Lindor. But I don't think it's a massive gap, personally. Um, if Lindor is worth, which the Mets gave him essentially $34 million a year, right? Mm-hmm. How much difference do you think Correa should be? Like, would he fall into the high 20s, the, like the low 20s? Where would he, based on if, – if Lindor is the top of the market at 34 – and I exclude Trout's contract because no one's getting Trout's contract. Exclude hit and really even well because now even because that's even more than um Harper's right because Harper was what ten for three thirty. Bryce, uh, yeah, Bryce did get three hundred. I know that. Yeah. Did Bryce get three hundred? I think Bryce got ten for three thirty. If I'm wait 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 because Trout got what four and that was like crazy because Mahomes got five obviously so. Yeah, 10 for, or 10 for 330 is Harper's. Oh, okay. Trout's is 12 for like 450, 12 for 425. Yeah. yeah. And and no one's getting Mike Trout's contract, so I'm excluding him completely from this conversation. And like even niggas that like play um, are like, yeah, no, I, like Chris Bryant was talking about his. He's like, well, I'm not asking for his money. I just want, you know, like fair value for me. Like I know I'm not Basically. him. Um. So, if, yeah, so if Lindor is 34, where you slide in Correa in? If the Red Sox, the Red Sox, let's say the Red Sox finally stopped pinching pennies. If they had, if they had like their option? Yeah, would you would you sign Correa for six years, 200? Or what would that be? That'd be 200? No. Let's say, well, <laughs> let's put him at, let's say seven years, because he's still in his 20s. Uh-huh. Let's go average 25 a year. Is you paying Correa? Korea played 75 games the last year they went to the World Series. 110 before that, 109. Hasn't played 120 plus since 2016. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I am because I, it feels like an overpay to me. And that's what I'm saying. Like I get the I get the Astros' point of view. Like if it, it feels like an overpay, if he wants over which because if you pay what did it, what did they give Bregman five for hundred? You said yeah, they gave Bregman five for hundred. So if I'm giving Correa six for one twenty or if I'm offering five for one twenty five, that's I'm giving you good value because I'm giving you twenty five million more than someone that me that we as an organization may value more than you. Hmm. So. I don't I, I like if if you get into the 150s the 60s even even if they go 50 even if they go 150 if you go 25 million more than you're really willing to go for like 7 years I might can get that but anything over that like so we get into 75 80 90 200 I don't think I could do it for Carlos career just me personally okay I, I like this game so we're going to play so you so you are the Red Sox and you let you letting the checkbook go this summer. Right. Uh Chris Bryant, seven for 175. You signing? Am I giving it to Chris Bryant? See, if I'm the risk, I'm not overpaying for any 
position, guys. I'll overpay for an arm before I overpay for someone that I that I really don't need in the nine man lineup. Okay. Okay. So you go because so- I'm because if I'm if I'm looking at it from the organizational standpoint, I'm getting the number one to take pressure off of Chris Sale coming back from Tommy John, which moves him to number two, which automatically takes the pressure off of him having to feel like he's got to carry the, the Rotation, which he'll probably feel like he has to do when he gets back, which is dangerous in itself because he's already owed a lot of money. So, if I'm if I'm the Sox, I'm looking at it like, okay, I'm I've the talent I have from a farm perspective and just the control that I have already. Because you're not going to sign a guy, at least to me, you're not going to sign anyone in this free agency that's going that's better than Xander Bogarts anyway. And you already read up Xander Bogarts, so there's no need for to really do that. That's why I feel as though if if you have to do it for a pitcher, you can take that risk. Okay, so let's go. So here's some notable starting pitchers, and you tell me if you in or out, and like how long you're down to sign up for, right? So Noah mm-hmm. Syndergaard would be age. He's not better than next guys I'm gonna name, but he is. He's considerably younger. Um, Noah Syndergaard, those probably gonna be. I tell you right now, I'm overpaying for Noah Syndergaard if if I'm the Sox. You overpaying for him? So seven for one seventy five, because what is Noah Syndergaard coming off? He coming off Tommy John, right? Yes, I'm getting him at what twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah, I think that's his age. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. Seven for one seventy five. Because if you could catch him coming off Tommy John, seven. Yeah, that's the because what the Strasburg get two ten. Boris, yeah, if Boris got him that, and you can get Noah Syndergaard under that, definitely. Okay, okay. Um, your favorite pitcher of the last decade, Clayton Kershaw's a free agent. I'm not overpaying for Kershaw, but I'm a but I mean what the overpay for him would really be what? Maybe this is what his second contract? Kershaw? Second big one, third big one. This would be this would be so he has one that's like insane. He has that one that was like a million dollars a start where he was getting um 35 a year for like a three-year deal. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause he has like two mega, but they're really short. They're like both three-year deals. Um, I don't expect him to get that because even though coming off a world series, like if you just watch Clayton Kershaw, you know, he's not what he was at his prime. Like Pete Clayton Kershaw regular season, at least is the most dominant nigga on the mound. Um, so this would be technically like his third contract, but he's, he's only ever dealt with short-term deals. Like he's got one. Yeah. He's got like a rookie contract, one five-year deal, and then two really short three years. If you can get Kershaw at, cause he'll, he'll command. That's tough. Cause I don't, I don't know what the. Because you got to figure you're getting Kershaw at what you would be getting Brady at. You know, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, absolutely. From Past the, his prime, but he's still standpoint. great. Yeah, so you would be getting Kershaw with like two for 50. You pay two for 50 for Clayton Kershaw? I would if I'm the Sox. I'm definitely giving him that. If But but you may figure he's early 30s. Clayton Kershaw could easily go to his – his early, I mean, he's like middle thirties. Clayton Kershaw can easily go to his forty. So you give Clayton, you figure you might want to give Clayton Kershaw like three, three for ninety or something like that. I'd do that. As a race fan, these numbers all sound nuts. Telling me he's getting <laughs> three for ninety, and it's like, yo, we just gonna get the back end of him. Like he's gonna be something Cause, light. Because Bauer got what, like three for hundred, something like that. Oh, Bauer's deal is nuts. Uh, <laughs> they, that nigga got paid. I, I fuck with Trevor Bauer. Like, he's one of, like, the funniest people in baseball. Um, all right. Uh, the next two are considerably older and a lot of miles, but the one I think I would still pay for. The other one, I'm not sure. And I love the other one. Uh, your next two, though, are Max Scherzer yeah, and Justin Verlander. He got three for 102. Um, can't overpay for that. Well, Scherzer. Scherzer's arm might never fall off. Like, that That's nigga has a rubber That's- arm. <laughs> I don't I, – I think any – I wouldn't say any money he wants, but that's somebody that – that's somebody that solidifies the top of your rotation without a doubt. Like, that's somebody on four days rest before game seven 
that you like, yeah, well, not four days, but like two, three days rest before game seven, you like, yeah, you Max is about. getting the ball. We're not, we're not thinking twice about it. So if if that's if that's something that you have to do that you may not really want to do, you got to do it because that, like I said, that takes the pressure off of Chris Sale putting him back at putting him at two. Chris Sale's younger, but he's kind of on the back end of his career. That arm is not going to be what it was with the White Sox or even when he first got to Boston. And like I said, that takes the pressure off of him to feel like I have to be this this lockdown number one guy, and that just reverberates through the through the rotation. That makes Erod a three that he that he's better at being instead of a one or a two that he doesn't need to or have to be. That makes Nathan Navaldi a four or five, which he should be as opposed to having to be a two or three. And that that just throughout your rotation going down to your bullpen that locks up something that you don't have and that you need to have. Mm-hmm. Which would you give? So Scherzer will be thirty-seven to start next year. Um, would you give him a three-year deal and pitch up and have him pitch till he's forty? I would be fine with that because he hasn't shown me anything. Because number one, I'm not in position if I'm the Red Sox to be like, no, we don't want to do that because you really <laughs> need to. You need to because you I have you when you have guys like you 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 got a championship with Mookie. That could have been more had the right guy's been in place on the you want a title three years ago i said no i'm not saying yeah. i'm not saying that like as if the Sox are just in fucking purgatory but it's like when you look at it they won they won the east in what 16 17 18 mm-hmm. they had a championship window there all three of those years they had championship teams all three years and that could have been more chips they came back in 19 and had it pretty much the same team. They just ran into injuries. Like they were still scoring runs, but they couldn't. They couldn't get any, you know, outs on the pitching end. So you can't really push yourself in that same situation to where you have these this talented lineup of guys and you only are getting division titles. That's not really going to work. And you could run into that situation because, like I said, Xander Bogarts is the best hit on that lineup. He's only going to get better. You still have him under control for a few more years because you just read him up. You have Rafael Devils, who you figure is going to get better. You've invested into him. You have Alex Verdugo, who you traded Mookie for, essentially, because you feel like he's he's going to be a really good player. You mm-hmm. still have J.D. Martinez, even though you may not really still want J.D. Martinez, but he's still a productive power yeah. hitter. You have um, you have um, these young guys like Del Beck and things like that and coming up in your system. So if you're the Sox... You you don't have the luxury of saying we're gonna rebuild this thing over an extended period of time. That's just not what you have. The fans don't want to hear that, and that's not the expectation for your team. And you don't live in that city, <laughs> like you can't get away with that right now because Bill ain't winning rings. The Celtics aren't really great, but the Bruins are probably going to compete for another World Series championship. So you don't really have that luxury just based on where you are. Mm-hmm. And looking at it from a baseball fan standpoint, you have you have young talent that that's that's going to be ready to go. But if you if they're not being helped out by the guys throwing the ball, like you're going to be in a jam. So to the Verlander Scherzer standpoint, if you can get one of those guys for the next two three years, you got to jump on that opportunity. Yeah, I um I think Scherzer's in a better situation than Verlander. He, um, just because. I think Justin's closer to the end than Scherzer is. Like right. I think I think Verlander could I mean if he throws his arm out again, he's just done. And and Verlander's peak. Oh well, no fuck. I'm even gonna say his peak was better than Scherzer. Um yeah, Verlander was the best over like in totality, the best pitch of the last 15 years. Um I was I was I was gonna argue Pete because Scherzer has like a really high Pete, but I'm like Verlander went MVP in Cy Young. Like Verlander was something he different. Did. So did. um all right, let's get you a couple more here. Uh are you throwing money at Granky? Yeah. Because but with the Zach Granky thing kind of puts you in the gym because you essentially have two top-notch number twos if you have him and Chris Hill together. And that's not me saying I think I don't think Chris Hill can be number one again. That's not me saying that. But, you know, he's 
coming off. He wasn't injury. pitching great. Be- he wasn't pitching great before the Tommy John. Now he's coming off the Tommy John. So I I, I still want to see. And Zach Greinke, that's not to say Zach Greinke isn't a really good number one. But Zach Greinke is such a dominant number two, though. It's like, it's like do you really want to have to overpay that? Because we've seen him when he had to be a number two, and he was dominant, like like in Houston. And he was with the Dodgers for a stretch, right? Yep. Yeah, with the Dodgers. So it's just like – but if – but that's – I mean, I, that's the luxury you would want to have, though. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind it as a fan. I just don't see them doing any of these things. I say all that to say, like, they are really embracing this whole, you know, save money, let's rebuild this team from the ground up situation and I, I don't get it but I don't get it because I'm used to the risk of spending money no I, I I agree I don't get why anybody's do I unless you're absolutely forced to it, it just specifically with baseball if if this model anywhere else in any other sport I would get it because there's salary cap there's team construction I fully understand that baseball is the only sport where Magic Johnson wants to be a part of the ownership group Ownership group got a couple billion dollars. Fuck it, go win a World Series. Like go, go, go buy a World Series. Like it's acceptable here. So I don't get why any of these teams are doing the the broke method when they don't have to. It's just like weird to me. Like I wouldn't. Like if I'm a millionaire, like I'm not eating top ramen no more. I'm sorry. Like I did. I did one day. I'm not doing it no more. Like I have earned the right to like. I have worked myself out of top ramen. Um. So. All right, now I'm going to throw you a couple relievers. Uh, Kenley Jansen. You run it. You kind of run a risk with, with Kenley Jansen. Like, I wouldn't overpay for Kenley Jansen if you ask me that. But if, if 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 they can come to a deal with Kenley Jansen, I would feel comfortable with it because he he gives you some risk, obviously. But that's a guy who's seen it. He's been there. He's done it. And you don't have that luxury once again, at least with a guy who's done it in the ninth consistently in a night in big situations so if you have the opportunity and you feel like the money's right i wouldn't turn it down or run from it trevor rosenthal or brad hand yeah but with with that you may run into the situation of do you trust these guys to be because rosenthal has been where the last few years uh st louis right yes i want to say um let me double check that but i want to say that's right Trevor Rosenthal. I think he's an American baseball athlete. Uh, no, uh, athletics. He spent some time with the Nationals. Damn, we are old. He started with St. Louis. Yeah, we are old. That would be <laughs> Um, Yeah, 2019, he was two teams. In 2020, he was two teams. So he's been with the Nationals, the A's. Um, currently with the A's? What the fuck? Why you got a picture with the A's hat on? Where this nigga from? Yeah, he is currently with the A's. Yep, currently with the A's. Cardinals, Nationals, would, Tigers, and Royals. There we go. I would I would lean more to Brad Hand in that situation. Um, because if from the the soft standpoint, they have a lot of bullpen guys, and they and they're not bad either. But they just need a a guy who they know they can go as in the ninth. You know, and they mm-hmm. don't have that right now. Now maybe AC can 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 make one of those guys that because you know he he's just that good of a manager to me, but they lacked that last year. That was a big thing that they lacked last year and and, and twenty nineteen actually too. When you know once you when you trade Craig uh, Kimbrell, and you know Kimbrell wasn't great, but he was dependable, and you knew that this is who we have. So just having that steady hand in the ninth is something that I feel that they lack um, rather that. And I would say this, this, this might be a crazy take, but even if you have a guy in the ninth that comes with the possibility of giving one up, you're not going to find fucking Mariano just laying on the street. Like you're just not going to have these guys perfect in every opportunity, every save. Like you have to take some risks, but you got to know that, Hey, when we need it in ninth, he can get it. That's fucked up. If you if you just Google MLB, like the second thing that comes up, it's like, is MLB coming back in 2020? And then is MLB a dying sport? <sighs> <laughs> hey man. That's why. 
And, and this is what I said. I'm rooting for the Padres. Like, I got no reason to follow them outside of the fact of I think Tatis can work on, like, a cultural level. Hope he does well. Hope the team does well. I am rooting for um, – damn, I think that's, like, it on my short list of, like, niggas who I think are – could, like, quote-unquote transcend the sport. Um, Mookie. Mookie can. I, now, that he's, now that he's in L.A. Because the more success you have in L.A., that's always going to lap what you do in Boston. And Boston's not a small market, but that's L.A., though. That's true. No, that's and, true. And really, he suffered. He suffered greatly from the pandemic because if, if he does what he did last year for them, Mookie, Mookie Betts is fucking in every rap song. He is he's in every commercial and, you know, it's, much, it's a much bigger deal. But they'll have an opportunity again. <laughs> the way they looking. <laughs> if they yeah no, if they repeat and he gets like so, let's say him and Tatis will both have this opportunity, and this is why I think it's great because you, you are right, Mookie should be in that conversation. Both of them have a chance to be MVP. Both of them have a chance to be on teams to get a hundred wins. Both of them have a chance to be in the World Series. So they're going to get their exposure, their prime time. Tatis is Dominican, Mookie is black. So you've got huge, like you have essentially like two of two of the biggest contracts ever in any sport. Yes. Uh oh, yo, Tatis's contract is fucked up. You want to talk about the business you need no, so you want to be an agent. This is fucked up. This is so fucked up. Uh, how how would you handle this if you were an agent for Fernando Tatis? Okay. So do you know what why his contract is funky? Uh, no, let me know. So, if you are a oh my gosh, this is so sick! All right, so if you are a Dominican player and you want to go pro, right? And that's a very mm-hmm. common thing for them. And obviously, they find out like niggas go pro over there, like 13 years old. There is an agency that will help you. They'll promote you. They'll market you. They'll get you to whatever the essentially AAU equivalent of like we have AAU here in America, essentially an AAU equivalent in the Dominican Republic or Mexico, wherever you're at, but it's professional. But then the way that they get you, they don't ask for no money up front. No money. Like, Hey, we're just going, we're going to do this off the strength. Um, back end. Bro, they get a percentage of every every dollar he makes through Major League Baseball, homie owes them twenty seven million dollars off his contract. I've ripped. Like the second he signed, he got to send twenty seven million dollars to them. And this is a not a a super uncommon thing. Like Cespedes had this in his contract. Um, there's a couple other guys who who have gone through the same thing. Fam, how do you tell someone at fourteen, hey bro, I'm gonna help you out? But I'm gonna need five percent back. Is this factual? Like, this, is no, this real? is factual. This is real. This that's what I'm saying. Like, this is this is nuts. When I read this, um, uh, da, da, da. yeah. So, per Jared Diamond, the Wall Street Journal. All right, here we go. So, to give the full situation, even though Fernando Tatis recently agreed to the most lucrative contracts in Major League history, the Padres superstar owns a portion of that money to an investment fund. Um, Ken Rosenthal reported that when Tatis, this is when he was 19. So he met them when he was younger. I guess this was 19 when they agreed to it. Uh, he entered into a deal with Big League Advance, a company mm-hmm. that offers selected minor leaguers and Dominican Moore players upfront payments in exchange for a percentage of their future earnings. So he was helping bargain them, and I guess he was, they were giving him money upfront while he's in the minors and not making dick, essentially, right? Um, and then per Jared Diamond, the Wall Street Journal, Tatis will owe them an estimated $27 million as part of the agreement he signed with the company ahead of his 2018 minor league campaign. So when he agree, when he signs the official paperwork, homie's not 18. Because he's not that old right now. So when he signed his 14-year, $340 million contract, he had to send $27 million back there. And their way that they make sense of it is that they just essentially treat baseball players like stocks. And they're like, well, we invested in y'all when you were like in the minors or you were over here in the Dominican Republic or Mexico, wherever you was at. And if it works, cool, we get money back and then some. Because mm-hmm. I guess they only, he said they gave him like it was less than a million dollars. So for less than a million dollars, they're going to get 27 back. 
That's business, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's business, man. Yo, and, America. and how much oh, managers? Only in America. Damn. Only and, in America, shit. And how much do man? And how much do um like agents make? Like, as, how uh, What would you expect your, to make? Like, if you your were your percentage is different. Like. Your percentage is different. I think the standard percentage is like ten percent. I want to say that's like the standard. Okay, so if he's doing three, so if he's doing three forty, let's say hypothetically thirty four. So bro signs a contract, three hundred forty million dollars, and obviously for anybody listening, this is still a lot of money. I'm not meaning three hundred forty million dollars. Don't throw that on me. Um, but if I sign for three forty, and then someone tells me as soon as I write my name on that dotted line, someone taps on my left shoulder and says, "All right, bro, I'm gonna need thirty four of that." And then someone taps on my right shoulder and says, all right, bro, I'm going to need 27 of that. I'm going to feel fucked up because I'm still paying taxes on getting paid 340 <laughs> Like, I'm paying yeah. for- <laughs> Fam. Look. I don't want to say it's bad that he signed because I don't know exactly what the whole dynamic is. And I'm not from the Dominican Republic, so there's just shit that goes on differently. Fam, don't sign with no nigga that says you got to pay me 5% of what you're going to make in the future. Don't do it. Just don't do it, guys. Um, And that's all I got right now for baseball. Um, Raise up to one right now as we stop, talk top of the third. Um, It's it's the first week, so I'm not going to come in here with, like, no crazy takes. Like, there's there's mad teams. It's one and three. There's mad teams. It's three and one. And I think it means about this fucking much. Um. Most teams are only four games in. It's nice to see teams, for the most part, are playing, um, not seeing near the COVID delays. I think there was just the there was the opening day uh, with the Mets that got delayed. But otherwise, it's been, for the most part, pretty smooth sailing. So hopefully that continues. Uh, I'll have some more definitive takes and directions I think teams are going. Um, probably like about three weeks to a month in is when I'll start, you know, feeling good about where teams are. Uh, Cincinnati's beating the shit out of Pittsburgh, seven, nothing right now. Um, I will say, and I've been, I've been saying this. Cheetah's not man. Houston, Houston is here for a while. Houston is here for a while. This is the first game. They didn't score eight plus runs. Like they can hit, they can hit. Um, That's a wild stat. Yeah, they scored. They're the first team since the uh, O's, like two Yankees, O three Yankees, one, one of the fucking Yankee teams, uh, where they had scored eight plus runs in their first four games. Crazy. So, they good man. They good man. Free Mike Trout. Um, free a nigga with four hundred million. Wild to say free a nigga <laughs> with that with that much money. Hey man, just 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 get. He get signed him. that shit. I know, I know, I know, but you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, with that being said, don't forget to go check out um, at I talk about ninety eighty on Twitter at Ant H underscore HFN on Twitter, uh, Hard Foul Network on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Tony's also be joining me this week for Hard Foul, so look out for that. We got another episode of the Real Big Three coming this week as well, and we're gonna catch y'all later. Peace. Let me see.